Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Nathan Jones is a big believer in the kingdom of heaven. It's episode number 211 and Tom Thrower is with me and he's got a sad face. A sad face at that one. But Tom, I would, I'd say how are you? It's just, it's just you and me this time. Um, despite Dave's promises of coming on whenever we win, uh, life has got in the way of Dave joining us. So it's it's you and me for a sit-down interview. And my first question to you really is, why did you wind up the Stoke fans on Twitter yesterday by saying you were a Nathan Jones fan? <laughs> Just... uh, well, no, to defend myself, which the in the only way I know how, which is uh, to criticise other people... If you clearly read what my name was changed to, it was Nathan Jones and or Stoke City fan. So, so Stoke City fan is always a given. Like that's that's not going anywhere. Uh, do you know what I think, Tom? I think you knew full well the the uh, the the anger and annoyance that it would cause. What with your hist- histrionics on Twitter, <laughs> and, and I feel, Tom, that it was done on purpose to to annoy people on the. My advice to anyone who saw Tom's uh, Twitter name yesterday, which was Nathan Jones slash Stoke City fan, or something to that ilk, um, if you saw it and got annoyed, uh, just, I mean, Twitter's just a horrible place, so let's just all take some time away from it. It's not (laughs) worth getting angry about. Especially not, Tom, when I think people could have been more angry at, at you for that if it hadn't have been a case of Luton Town nil, Stoke City... Two, two goals. We've been we've been treated here <laughs> by the Potters at the moment. Two goals, uh, two goals in the second half in in rapid succession. A first half that was largely forgettable, I would say. If I get some three word reviews very quickly, uh, we have justice prevails, Nathan. An away win, positive goals difference. I love it. A new number one. Chest remains unbeaten. Whereas you went with chest thumping win, um, Rupert Goff, famous for this parish uh, for being on the last episode, uh, in in very sweary tones says "f off, Jones." Uh, Super Nick Powell, lovely, lovely, lovely stuff. Uh, a win's a win. I'll take it. An ex-manager beaten, and so on and so forth. Tom, as I say, a game of two halves, or largely a game of ten minutes that really were crucial for it. In, what's your it's not your instant reaction because it's now a good several a day or so after. But what's your what's your thoughts on the game? Um, yeah, it was it was Nick Powell turned up for fifteen minutes, and that was that, really, wasn't it? And it's <laughs> and it's nice to see that happen. Like it's nice for that to be how we can beat teams now. He, he he's he's had a bit of a a, a weird start to the season. I feel. Um, I think it was it's been talked about loads before about Kluka specifically as being someone who sort of had a slow start and I think a lot of people have put Powell in with that sort of have grouped him with Klukas as well as having a slow start but just it was just nice to be reminded that he is just way too good for this division when he wants to be <laughs> um, and he was just flouncing around being Mick Powell and taking the piss which was just really it's just I I I think people have really dove into this quite deep and just stop we're playing well we've lost one competitive game since July stop trying to read into some bizarre everyone hates Nathan Jones thing I think he was just taking the piss a little bit (laughs) and that's normal Burden was very funny 
you you are referring of course yes to to Nick Powell's beating of the chest as he as he scored what was our second goal um on Nick Powell I've seen a few people mention this at what point are referees going to pick up the fact that people just kick kick shit out of him like Nick he, he people really lay into him and, and I don't know if it's I get the impression that Nick Powell is just a bit of a dickhead like and I imagine <laughs> on the pitch he winds opponents and referees up by being just a bit of a bit mouthy i have nothing to base that on other than just observation so sorry if that is a defamation of character nick but i get the impression that he's a bit of a a bit of a a wordy one and so when people are kicking him in they don't seem to get blown up for it which i find ludicrous because he was getting kicked all over the place yesterday he's got that that thing that um Grealish has if you watch him in the Premier League where I think it's the perfect combination of all of those things so he's more than happy to wind everyone up and he's got the footballing brain that's always sort of I think when Nick Powell first gets the ball and if he's under pressure his first thought is right which direction do I need to touch this ball in to stop them getting anywhere near it Mm -hmm. now the problem with that is a lot of players, especially the championship solution to uh, a, a skillful <laughs> player rolling the ball past them is to take a bite out of their shins. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, that would be my Aston Villa supporting flatmate who I I, su- oh. I, I assume they've just scored a last minute winner. I was going to say, it feels like someone was either <laughs> involved have. in a crop. Yeah. Was someone involved in a crime? I felt, and I was going to be worried for you, Tom. I was like, "Oh God, the the people who got angry on Twitter have found you," but but thankfully, no. Just a last minute Aston Villa winner by all accounts. Um, first goal then, lovely, lovely uh, partnership. I say partnership between uh, Tyrese Campbell and Stephen Fletcher, but um, Michael O'Neill is saying that we are playing a three up front now, so a, tr- a lovely trio of. Powell, Fletcher, and Campbell, but the cross from Tyrese um, from his left foot, that really nice cross. Really perfectly weighted, uh, lovely cross. Are you a bit disappointed that Fletcher's first goal for us was just a nice header? I am. I thought it was going to be like a, a 60 yard lob without looking because um, of the way he was building up with the Rabona and then the free kick. <laughs> So a little header at the back post was uh, appreciated but disappointing. <laughs> I've got, I have got to say, um, and I, I was completely wrong on Stephen Fletcher. Like I am, I am slowly falling uh, in in love with the man. His post match interview was was very very. You know when when you get interviews with players and it's very generic and they answer all the the general questions. It kind of just felt like with I don't know if you've watched Stephen Fletcher's. Whilst he was answering all those questions, it kind of felt like, and he makes a he says that you know oh, I'm I'm in my thirties now I'm not really shy or anything. It kind of gives that impression that it's it's not it's just a, an honest interview, and I kind of like that. I kind of like I like him. I kind of like the way he's playing at the moment. He certainly um, brings a lot to the team, not just well the one goal that he's got, but. He, that as a, as that focal point, especially with Powell and Campbell around him, I think that looks a lot better than uh, the whatever the other system was we were playing. What where it was like three five two, this three four three, as O'Neill refers to it, looks looks better. I think. 
Yeah, I think it's it's definitely more balanced, and I think it's clear that O'Neill settled on a a back three because that provides the most support for our young defenders who were both just incredible again. And Harry Suter is he needs to we need mm. to keep him secret. He's our new secret. <laughs> He's our new Etebo. He's our new yeah. getting locked in a basement in January. Uh, I think <laughs> if he carries on the way he's playing, because wow, um, and yeah, it's definitely more balanced. I like Powell a bit more further forward, a bit not having to worry about dropping into a midfield three. Um, yeah, it just looks. I think against Villa it looked good, but then it's trying to balance that up because it was like an entirely rotated team playing against an entirely rotated B team. Um, mm. So would it work? And I think as we saw it, 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 that balance in the front three Fletcher can drop off and have two men near him to pick up the ball Campbell can get in behind maybe we're good maybe <laughs> you never know you, you we might be and I think as well um the having having Tymon and and Tommy Smith they seem to really work as like a a free roaming wing backs uh Tymon especially is looking better at the more advanced stage but but I think Tommy Smith as well has played played quite well especially yesterday begs the question uh, and this was from Andrew uh, at the chemist 101 on Twitter uh who is the right back cover it's a good question because <laughs> with with Tom Edwards going out on load um who do, who's going there who's going to be a wing back for us I mean, I guess we're hoping that Smith can like cope with fifty games uh, for a season. Uh, we've seen Brown play there. Is this the way back for Moritz Bauer? Oh, oh yeah. Um, maybe if he'd like to sit on a bench and be paid a lot of money to do <laughs> well, where that. Where is where is he now? Like, what do you think? Uh, here's a question: What is Moritz ba- Bauer doing this very second? Playing piano whilst flying a plane. <laughs> I I'd like to think that he's because of COVID restrictions. He isn't flying a plane properly, but he's he's downloading the Microsoft Flight Sim Simulator, and he's he's going round on there whilst listening to his own recordings of him playing piano. Yeah, or or he's got it, and he's like he's doing one of those ones where I, I mean, not that I've played much Flight Simulator, but I assume. It's quite realistic, so if you do a long flight, it can take quite a long time. So maybe he's like mid mid Atlantic, just sort of cruising along, and he's at the piano, just pianoing away. I do wonder, like, just on that note, like, are they are players like Moritz Bauer and Kevin Vimmer and that? Are they training with the club? Like, do they do they still come to work? What's the deal there? I think they're training away from the first team squad, aren't they? Because I guess it really would be a kick in the teeth if Kevin Wimmer and Moritz Bauer gave everyone at Stoke COVID um, and they all oh, had true. to stop playing. Um, I don't know. Is there any transfer windows open? Does any, If anyone knows of a transfer window being open, just maybe tweet the club. Let them know. Let them know that it's still there. I'd just like to know. Is. I just want to know what they're doing. Like, it's, I'm just more... I'm just intrigued, like... <laughs> I want to tweet the club just to be like, want, I, I, I don't, I just want an update on if they're okay, just from a human point of view. Like, just they've got checking in on them. Yeah, like, what, because, because you just don't hear anything about them and they were real. I'm sure, I'm sure of that. 
the so yes, we won. We won against Luton Town, which let's be honest, on the last few podcasts we did not think was going to happen. I was very negative. I thought a Nathan Jones win against his former club, the club where it all seemed to go wrong for him. I thought that was written on the cards, but there's something cathartic about beating an ex-manager, not something we do too often. Uh, and all jokes aside with your name, Tom, how do you feel about beating Nathan Jones? That it's mental and, and is and is the kind of thing a good, competent football team would do, which isn't Stoke. So it all just feels a bit, a bit far gone and out there and odd. What did you think of Nathan Jones's post-match comments where he said that you know they had all the stats in their favour? It was just that Stoke have have great quality, God willing. Um, it, and you know him him him's telling us that. Uh, the, the players that we have of quality, goalkeeper of quality, I should know because I was the one who signed them. But you didn't play Adam Davis, did you? You did, you know, and that was probably why we were a bit a bit messed up. Um, I don't know, what did you what do you make of that? Do you think that they had all the... I mean, they did have all the stats in their favour, didn't they, really? Yeah, but I think, again, that's, that's sort of what we're designed to do, especially away from home, is to soak it up and we... I don't know if people really do like diving into the XG, but if you do, we don't give up <laughs> big chances in the defense in the in the box. Um, so whilst they had loads of shots um, and a few chances, and forced Davis into what were a few, you know, the, the saves that look better than they probably are. Um, mm. And I think at the time, I sort of was like, "Wow, he's amazing! He's a great." Um, I, Jonesy's comments are just factually accurate. Yes, he did sign them. <laughs> The criticisms are equally factually accurate. Yeah, he didn't play them. I'm happy that he looked nicer. How much healthier did he look? He looked like he was enjoying himself again, and that was nice. Until we beat him, and then he didn't look so happy. But and like, then he looked very. Yeah, I'll be. I'll be honest. I. I went on Luton Town's YouTube page to watch his post-match interview just to just to see what he said. And to be fair, it's the he's got greatest hits when it comes to a defeat. And, and I've heard them before. And we heard all of them. <laughs> we, exactly. We heard them over and over again. It was, oh, it was, gosh, that seems so long ago. Um, right. What else, what else have we, have we got? You mentioned Adam Davis then. Um, new, new number one, as someone put in the, in the, 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 the comments. Um, we did, of course, Am I wanting to move on? Yeah, we'll move on to Jack Butland because that was that's quite a big news that moved out in the in the week. Jack Butland making a small transfer feed move to Crystal Palace. Um, firstly, I think I would say from 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 all of us here at the Wizards of Drivel, as much as it all went a bit wrong at the end, like there are some very standout moments with Jack Butland at us, and he was with us for seven years, so I appreciate what he did for us um, i'm certainly not in the camp of people who were very much hating on him and like good riddance you sack of shit um i'm not like that at all um the fee oh when you look at it in hindsight when we were offered when we potentially could have got like 20 million or whatever it kind of you kind of sit and sigh but oh, things are things in it um how, how do you feel now that now that that transfer has happened 
it's sad, isn't it? And I think the, the the video that was put together by the club that sort of went through the greatest hits of Jack Butland really was nice to sort of have that reminder of, yeah, holy shit, he was sort of at the key of us being a really good team for a bit um, and it all went wrong. Well, it, it all went wrong last season and I, I, it is what it is. I don't think we should, any of us should really lose sleep over it. The fee, again, yeah. we've just been bent over really haven't we 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 just needed him to go and I think that that a million quid for Jack Butland probably suggests he was on some fairly sizable wages for us in the championship so hopefully it can go some way to helping FFP and I think he might actually have a chance at breaking back into being a Premier League number one at Palace I do think their keeper at the minute is okay Pryter he does quite well Um, but if Butland can get out of the fog that he was clearly in and was stopping him from being the footballer that we we all know he should be, then it would be really nice to see him back in an England team, maybe. Mm, yeah, and, and you said... Uh, yeah, I, I do hope that he is able to rebuild his career at, at Palace. I mean, he's only 27, which is... Which is crazy because it feels like Jack Butland has been around forever, uh, but you do forget just how young he was when he made his when he made his his debut all those all those years years ago. Um, but yeah, sad to move on. But I would say if we can pull it back, Adam Davis, I'm quite quite confident that we we have no need to fear. And then of course Angus Gunn comes in. Uh, as a late a late signing um what do you make of that signing again i i think every party in this crystal palace stoke southampton goalkeeper merry-go-round that we've had it and and the keepers themselves probably it probably works out for everyone a bit i think i think it's nice that gun will be coming in not being guaranteed to be number one so he won't have a pressure to perform um he knows he's got to compete and Ultimately, in Davis, we have one hell of a, a safe pair of hands, which, I mean, yeah, uh, it's increasingly frustrating that we were in a situation where we didn't end up selling Jack Butland, and that meant more less so about the extortionate transfer fee we could have probably got for him, <laughs> but more so that it derailed Adam Davis getting in and, and playing some championship football because he is assured, confident, a good distributor. He's everything you want from a modern goalkeeper, I think. Um, I don't know if this is just the last few seasons of Jack Butland that have uh, weathered me a little bit but it is it's funny when the ball comes into the box I am still expecting the goalkeeper to like flap at it a little bit and when what you said about how oh he made Adam Davis made really you know good saves but made them look incredible I don't know if Part of me thinking the same thing is just because I half expect them to like parry it into the back of their own net, bless them. <laughs> um, but I do, I, I, I've got to say, like the whole defense has just, just it's come on leaps and bounds. If you look at us from like a year ago, um, I just have so much more renewed confidence. I would, what I'd say about this Luton game is that even though you know Nathan Jones flying Luton town band or whatever. Uh, had had all those shots and were were good with the stats. Um, I certainly didn't feel once we had the two goals, didn't feel really like oh god they're gonna get back into this. Oh it's nervy. 
I thought we defended quite well. Um, they had small opportunities, but it never felt like we were on the ropes at any point after that. Yeah, and I think if you actually look at that defence and you can take a step back and go, we have a 21-year-old and a 19-year-old and they look like assured, confident professionals who are comfortable at this level. And I think I've perhaps been a little, uh, like probably siding on the same sides as some of our managers have of, of, of hesitant to throw them in at that age at this level. And that it could be dangerous and something to do. But I did think that, uh, and there was some complaints about bringing Chester back in and, and, and our, champ- our centre-backs and sort of having people in the way of those two, of, of Collins and Suter. Um, and I think I said that they probably aren't going to get a better chance at getting into a championship starting eleven than if they stayed with us. I didn't expect them to have done it a, a month after the season started. Like, um, I, I think... Uh, people were critical of O'Neill's comments at the start of uh, pre-season where he clearly put the gauntlet out for the young kids to go and grab it. We had five mm. of our starting 11 with 21 or under. They've done it. If it carries on, I think mm. you have to chalk that up as a Mon masterclass, as in he has totally worked with them to get the best out of them. And yay, <laughs> finally. Yeah. Yeah, like, do you... Do you have any concern that Michael O'Neill himself may be looked at by a club at some point in the future? Maybe not this season, but... No, because it's a fallacy. So this is a really bizarre thing that I had no idea about until Graham Potter went to Brighton. But the Premier League pretty much never, ever appoints managers from the Championship, ever. Yeah, It's like a, it's an anomaly, and I understand because... I think clubs work on a pretty straightforward logic of, well, if they were good enough to be managing in this division, they'd get their team promoted and then they'd be there. So I think, I think I I understand our feeling of dread because the football isn't horrible and dread filled at the minute. So we're going to find something somewhere with it. But yeah, I don't, I don't think we need to worry about that. Well, that's what I mean. I, I say not this season, Tom, because obviously this is the season where we get promoted, and then <laughs> next season is when. I don't know. I'm still not. I, I as as well as well as we've started the season, and and when you look at the results, whilst the football itself has been slow at times, and we have picked faults, it's not, definitely not like a uh, we've come banging out of the the. I don't know what the analogy is I'm trying to make, but it's not like we've we've made this uh, a, a massive sprint of it at the start. Um, but the results, but results wise, we are we're slow and steady and reliable. I would say, um, even that, I don't. I'm not convinced we're a we're a team that's challenging or anything. Give it give it time. Um, but I'm still maintaining we're going to finish mid table, and that would be progress. Um, Especially when, as you say, we have so many players that are... We still have this big squad. We have so many young players that we're now bringing through who really could be like the 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 backbone of a, of a new team. It does beg the question, Tom. Um, Suter and Collins and Bart made a good, part, uh, good trio at the back. Um, and the midfield is looking good. Obviously, there's room for rotation this season and we'll have to because of all the bloody games we'll play, but... What what does it mean for the likes of Joe Allen or Ryan Shawcross or even James Chester who wasn't around or 
Um, I was going to say Bruno, but Bruno's gone. <laughs> yeah, he isn't coming back. <laughs> he's not coming back, so he's he's gone. Um, Jesus, I'd forgotten all these players we've got. What does it mean though for like so Joe, your your favorite chicken man, Joe Allen? Um, he doesn't get back in the team, does he? No, I don't. I think it's going to be really hard for players to get in the team. Like, when when did James McLean last start for us? He was literally our player of the season last season. Yeah, and yeah. he's he's. I mean, he, I think he was out with a niggle, um, but he's been displaced. And I think now we've got this run of games. I think we've got back to back midweek games until the next mm. international break. Mm. I think it would be really nice to see us. Because I think O'Neill, because of the cup and everything, it's been quite hard to play a settled squad. I think it would now be really nice to see sort of this eleven given a run of games, so they can build those understandings and relationships with each other, and then maybe the football will progress past this assured, nice, comfortable, but not necessarily that exciting, and maybe perhaps a bit reliant on individual brilliance rather than a team coming together, but. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know where Joe Allen gets back in because it's such a hard recovery from his injury and Shawcross. Uh, it's just, it, it, I don't see a, a route straight back in for either of them really. Mm-hmm. And and I was thinking, not maybe not so much with uh, Joe Allen, but Shawcross is unfortunately getting on in years now. James McLean himself is quite old in in years. You would think that the primary focus will be those younger players, your Josh Timons on the left and your Suiters and your Collins in, in defence. Like there's still room for players like like Shawcross, but yeah, like they're not gonna be first names on the team sheet, which is so weird because I mean Shawcross has been a stalwart forever, <laughs> but I do suppose with him that the, there is the matter of his recurring injuries that he seems to get as well, which seems to hamper him. Um and I do wonder if his playing time would be limited anyway in the coming months and one, however long he has left in his career. Um, <laughs> that wasn't meant to be hard, but you know, it's it's but it's it's a it's a sad factor, isn't it? It's kind of like Vincent Company at Man City. He's he's getting he's still like a talisman for this for us as a club, but I genuinely do not see Shawcross playing. The like he I, he's never going to play a season where he plays the vast majority of minutes, like that's never going to happen again for him. And and I mean I I think you can almost uh, with the type of injury Allen's had that it, it it's going to have totally changed how he might have to play as a footballer. Hmm. And, and then I guess this is where Michael O'Neill's man management will be something interesting to watch because he got the young players to step up. Can he now convince these sort of mature, experienced players that, yeah, okay, you might not be playing week in, week out football starting 90 minutes and stuff, but you still have a role to play in the team. You can still be very important to the success here, especially with all these sort of young, crazy chickens. Joe can tend to them all and raise them into magnificent, (laughs) strong hens. (laughs) What an analogy. Thank you for that one, Tom. Oh man! So yes, a good a good result for Stoke in a a good a good week, I guess. Really, with all the transfer business done, that kind of has freed the club up a little bit more. I think the Butland deal is good. The Bruno deal, while surprising, is also, I guess, 
good because that's another big earner who who's gone. You've got to think as well about how long this rebuilding of the club is going to take. We've we've said I think for ages about how long a rebuild project will take, but um, it's it's all all progress. But as you say, we've got um, two. What we got a game on Wednesday and a game on Saturday, both home games, uh, home to Barnsley, home to Brentford. What's uh, have you got a prediction? What do you think's gonna gonna occur? I mean, the uh, the, the you, you would think Barnsley is a better, a more chance of that than Brentford, but yeah, I mean, I think we, we what we've beaten both of those teams at home since since the restart, so it's going into a weird position where it feels weird to sort of want to say something like four points from those two games would be something mm. that, that that you do and kick on. But I would say with Brentford at the minute, I notice we're above them in the table. And I think if you can run on like a weird, very specific uh, prediction of how well you're doing, if you stay above Brentford in the table for the season, I think at the end of the season, you're going to be finishing in a, in a fairly decent place. You aren't going to be mm. disappointed with where you finished. Um, so, yeah, I'm not doing predictions. I haven't done any all season. We can, but see. to do that, but yeah. <laughs> no, that's 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 fair. Um, I guess then is there is any other final thoughts you wanna you wanna go over, Tom? Any other things you wanna 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 chat about from this week? Any other points arising from Bojan from the week? Scored that... a really nice goal. Uh, impact Montreal and has now scored three goals in five starts. So it it was it was a very good it was very nice to see. What I would say as a as a <laughs> as a tiny devil's advocate is that goalkeeper <laughs> really. Yeah. It was like watching Jack Butland at his worst. <laughs> at whilst, play, whilst playing in jam. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. It was. It was a. It was lovely, and I've, but I've seen the few goals that Bochad has scored have been absolutely beautiful goals. But you do, is oh the quality of goalkeeping, you do question it. But good for him. I'm glad that he's happy and enjoying life in Vancouver. Is he at Vancouver? No, Montreal, Montreal, Canada. It's Quebec. a place. Quebec. It's a big place. I don't know who plays for Vancouver Whitecaps. Does anyone we know play for them? Probably not. He beat Brett Shea, who was Did playing he? for into my David Beckham's into Miami. Which again, just <laughs> I, like I can't take that name seriously because it just feels like someone's made it uh, on like a create a club on a on a video game. Oh, like, it's the it, or it's the like sports team from GTA. Like that's exactly yeah, what it would yeah. be called. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a fictional team, isn't it? Yeah. It's like um the the. The Romford Rejects would face them in a series. If you remember the Romford Rejects, I don't know if anyone remembers that. That was a Nick. It was on Nickelodeon, I believe. It was a about uh, uh, like a non. No, not even a non-league team. They were a, a Sunday league team. It was um yeah. God, tweet me at Bramad if you remember the Romford Rejects. Um, oh, if we if we have nothing nothing else really to discuss, then Tom, I'm I'm gonna I, I will wrap it up. But before we do, some important business to discuss. Um, I, I asked people on Twitter to to give us other sitcoms that they would like to have banned, and generally <laughs> the call was for Mrs. Brown's Boys, which is good, good. Yes, that's that's the correct answer. Um, but where is he? James Bickerton on on. 
Twitter. He's nominated It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Now, I, I mean... So, so when I so I, I replied to him and I said, James, I'll bring your proposed sitcom to the table, but that is a very spicy top take, and I cannot guarantee there won't be a backlash. Um, in which case, if you want to backlash at him, it's it's at Big Stoke. <laughs> Sorry, James, uh, but he's he's come back saying perfect. When the when those defending it realise they can't highlight any redeeming features, I hope they'll realise this hot take is grounded in truth. Now, I'm a fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I quite like Danny Dyer. Not Danny Dyer. <laughs> Danny DeVito. <laughs> I like Danny DeVito. But I do like Danny Dyer. He is a national treasure that we all require. Danny DeVito. <laughs> I do like... I don't know where my head was at there. Oh, man. I mean, Interesting. isn't the whole point of Always Sunny that it, 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 it has no redeeming features and that's why it's good? Well, yeah, because it is just they're all just like a humans. garbage can set on fire of a TV show, <laughs> and it's brilliant. This is it? Oh. I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to have no, it, James. I, I, I need more info. I need more information. It's going for like 13 seasons or whatever now. So I, I need more information on why you think, James, that it's always sunny needs to be put in in the ban list because it can't go alongside Mrs. Brown's boys. Which is just awful, but you know it's it's just it's difficult, isn't it? It's very very difficult. Any sitcoms you want to add this week? Oh, I mean, I I am really tempted to throw Friends in it, um, mostly because it's aged horrifically, and oh, but I feel that's just too spicy. It's just too spicy for a Stoke win. That can be left until we've had like a an awful one nil loss to Wickham. When we lose one nil to Wickham, I will come and explain <laughs> why Friends needs to go in the oh, bin. God. Oh, don't! We've had such a positive week. Like we beat we beat Luton. Come on, let's not let's not get into more. The last thing you need, Tom, is more people getting annoyed at your opinions. <laughs> um, right. In which case, then I will say that. Um, if there's nothing more to add, Tom, we... I don't know when we'll meet again, when we'll chat again. Presumably at the weekend after... Yeah, I don't think I don't know if we'll do a midweek one. Maybe we'll do a short, brief update. Who knows? Um, I don't know. I'm not planning any of this out. Who even knows anymore? Um, right, nothing else to add then, Tom? No, other than God willing, Stoke win at the weekend and the midweek. God, God willing. It's a... Diamond's a beautiful, beautiful shape. Um, thank you very much for joining me Tom I hope you have a nice week I will, thank you for having me it's alright we will speak again no doubt to the rest of you, have a lovely week do not forget to be kind to one another and just have a nice nice time Uh, go on Stoke thank you for listening to the Wizards of Drivel podcast if you like what you hear and have not done so already, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Acast, or wherever you got your podcast from. Like us a lot? Then please tell your friends and family about us, or even leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help the podcast grow. You can follow the pod at Wizards of Drivel on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash Wizards of Drivel, and subscribe for all extra podcasts at patreon.com. Thanks once again for listening. Go on, Stoke.